0: Though we are licensed medical professionals, nothing we speak about in the well conversation should be taken as health advice. These episodes are based on a review of current research available and well-known frequently applied interventions used by professionals in the field. If you have a pre-existing medical condition, the information shared in this presentation may not be entirely safe or applicable to you. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before applying any changes to your health, especially if you have a pre-existing medical condition or are taking prescription medications.
1: Welcome to another episode of The Well Conversation. I'm your host, Dr. Christine. And I'm Dr. Mailey. So today we're going to be talking about light. It's all around us. It's in our homes. It's outside. It's in every store we could go to. It's at the gym. It's at schools. Uh, It's even in your car and in a portable version on your very own cell phone. Do you ever think about how
0: light, something clearly so present in our lives, can affect you? Well, here with us today to discuss this topic, we have Dr. Marissa Canning and Dr. Andrew Chaladurai, the founders behind Natural Academy, a wellness hub for those looking to optimize their health naturally by empowering and inspiring. Their mission is to spread the knowledge of health and wellness using the principles of synchronizing with the natural rhythms of our environment, body, mind, and spirit. Dr. Marissa and Dr. Andrew are also the geniuses behind Natural Blocks, Canada's best blue blockers. These two are experts in educating patients and individuals on the harmful effects of blue light. Welcome, doctors Marissa and Andrew. Thank, thank you, guys. You. Thanks, Thanks for
2: having us. Yeah, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, I'm particularly excited for this one. I've been really into researching blue light lately and the effects. And of course, I definitely have seen all the Natural Academy content on it. So I'm really excited to share with our listeners the really good knowledge that you guys have behind it. So maybe to start, can you guys give us a quick lesson Natural Academy style on the basics of how light can impact our health?
2: Sure. So it's a pretty big topic. I'll try to keep it nice and simple. If you look at it from kind of like a macro level, all of life on earth revolves around light. So particularly the sun, right? People often forget, like we think that humans, we have to eat food to get energy, but where does that food come from? So the plants that we eat or the animals that are eating those plants, they're getting all their energy from the sun. So all of biology, basically all life needs this light to function properly. But on a micro level, I like to think of light as just a necessary input that we need for optimal health. So it's kind of like food. I think of sun as being an essential nutrient that we need and the different spectrums of light that come off the sun. So whether it's infrared light or UV light, and it actually has a very wide range, not just beyond the visible spectrum, but all of those things are essential for biological function. So it's important that we're getting as much of that natural light as we can in order for us to function optimally.
3: Yeah. And it's an important conversation to have because of what you were saying, Christine, about light being everywhere. It's on our devices. It's in our homes. It's in our cars. It's in the places that we go. It's in our little devices that we carry around with us. It is everywhere. So light plays a huge role on our health. So it's time to bring consciousness and effort in that area to make sure that the light that we are bathing in is light that serves us and serves our health well.
0: Wow. That's awesome. I I love the macro and micro view of it all. And I don't really think about light as often as as I would other nutrients, and that's such a cool perspective. That's very intriguing.
1: Yeah, it's also interesting because we continuously talk about how it's all around us, and I think about You know, things we do for kids, like, for example, you know, you have little cousins, nieces, nephews, kids of your own, and you're taking so many proactive measures for preventative health for them. So you might be decreasing the amount of plastic that their food interacts with, or you might be making sure that they go out and get their daily hour of activity every day. But especially now with kids doing school online and having so much Zoom time, (laughs) I feel like it's something that should definitely be at the forefront of every parent's mind
3: and kids especially it's important to consider their pupils are actually bigger than ours are if you ever look at a child's pupils they're much wider and they're taking in a lot more light a lot more information than an adult is at any given time so especially considering their little body it has a huge impact on them so yeah it's often something that's forgotten but it's time to bring light to the topic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what about the circadian rhythm? So we talk about circadian rhythm a lot and maybe some of our listeners have done a little bit of research and they've heard about tidbits, maybe about some melatonin and sleep and blue light. Can you give us the basics on what is circadian rhythm and how is this impacted by the light?
2: Yeah, for sure. So your circadian rhythm is a 24-hour cycle that basically all different biological beings have in them. So it's actually not just us as like our human cells, but also the microbiome that we have and the mitochondria, they all have their own 24-hour cycle. So we've kind of evolved with this over hundreds of thousands of years. And the biggest factor that influences the circadian rhythm is light. So there's a couple other things like food timing is a big one as well. Like you don't want to be eating huge meals late at night or more adapted to be eating during the day like exercise as well you want to be doing that during the day but the main one is the light dark cycle that's going to regulate the circadian rhythm so when the sun is up that's going to tell our body to perform daytime functions so to have high blood pressure to release you know this hormone and this one and then once the light goes down and we have an absence of light that's when kind of that second phase starts of the circadian cycle and you release your melatonin and light is basically the main driver of this entire system that our, our body's adapted to.
1: So I know we're continuously talking about the harmful effects of blue light. And, you know, us all being naturopathic doctors, we might know how to reduce it in our patient's life for positive benefits to health. But what exactly is blue light?
3: Yeah, so blue light is tossed around and often is considered bad. What it actually is, though, is as part of the spectrum of light. And it's from 400 to about 495 nanometers. Anything in that spectrum is considered blue light. So why it's considered bad is because it is emitted from things like LEDs or screens uh, in a very isolated form, often in about the 455 nanometer wavelength. And why that's important is because if you look at the sun, the sun also emits blue light. But when the sun is emitting blue light in nature, it is well-balanced by the other colors in the spectrum. So blue light isn't inherently bad. Blue light actually is able to increase our cortisol, which is our young hormone, our hormone that allows us to have energy and alertness during the day, have that focus and ability to get up out of bed and spend our day with energy. And typically when the sun goes down, that's when blue light goes away. And then we turn into like that red transition, that firelight hue and But in today's society, we keep on all the lights and we have, you know, blue light 24 seven constantly telling our body it's daytime, plus it's being emitted in such a solo specter coming off of these screens. It's not well balanced by the other spectrum. So that's why blue light is talked about in a negative light, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, it isn't inherently bad uh, when it's well balanced from the other
0: spectrums are found in, in the sun. We love to take something in society and take a fraction of it. And then we just have too much of that one thing like sugar or carbohydrates. Or So we take things and we just have too much of them because we really like something in our society. And then we just <laughs> do too much. and, and then amplify we, it. <laughs> exactly.
1: To 180%.
2: It's like processed food, right? Like I like to think of it as processed light or junk light. You know, it, it is okay in its natural state, but then once you start refining and processing it, sugar and fruit, for example, is it's not the worst thing in the world, right? But once you start taking it out of that environment and, like you said, just isolate it, then we run into issues.
0: Yeah, I like that analogy a lot. That's a good, good
1: way to describe it. So to summarize, we're essentially getting too much of that. You were saying mostly the 450 range, and it's not being well balanced by the other colors of light in the spectrum, like the sun would provide for us. Correct.
2: Yeah. And just to add to that. So some of the negative effects of blue light are actually offset by red and infrared light. So the cool thing about sunlight is that no matter what time of day, there's always uh, 42% of that spectrum is red and infrared. That has a very like healing restorative effect, especially on our mitochondria. So it kind of balances out some of those damages that we'd get from things like blue light or UV light. But again, once you isolate it, suddenly you don't have that balance, that yin yang balance. So then you run into health issues.
0: Right. It's like the fiber in the fruit and the fructose. Mm-hmm. The yes. I really, totally. I'm really going with this analogy. It's really <laughs> helping me understand. Yeah.
3: In nature, everything works in synergy with each other. And, and we just humans think
0: we could just take one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they forget about all the other juicy parts of nature. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. Okay. So I want to get a little bit deeper into how this light or blue light is affecting our bodies. So I know that we can talk later about blue blockers for sleep. A lot of people, I think, really just think of sleep as the one part of it. But how does this impact our bodies on a deeper level? So we can look at how it's physically impacting our body and then also how it leads to changes with our focus or our productivity or energy levels. So how is it impacting our body?
2: So I like to look at it from two different ways. So one is the direct effects it has mainly on your eye. So excessive blue light causes oxidative stress to the retinal cells. So from there, you could just get things like headaches or eye strain, like your general screen fatigue symptoms. Um, Or it could possibly contribute to things like cataracts and macular degeneration, possibly even some ocular cancers. So that's kind of like directly what happens when you just have too much blue light in the eye. But then there's also the systemic effects. So that ties more into circadian rhythm, so especially artificial light at night. So that blue spectrum after the sun went down, as Merissa said, that's just like totally foreign to our biology because we evolved for hundreds of thousands of years without any artificial light. Right? It was basically just firelight, and now we're turning on all these lights late at night, and it totally confuses your body into thinking, all right, it's daytime, so I don't need to release melatonin. And then once your circadian rhythms out of whack, you're not sleeping properly. Like you guys know, basically any condition can arise from poor sleep. So yeah, that's kind of how I. look at it and then there's also some research on how it can spike your blood glucose so as marissa mentioned too much blue light will give you a rise in cortisol which is okay we do need that but an excessive amount of that is going to increase your blood glucose and then that can obviously lead to a number of different issues as well
3: Yeah, and in regards to specifically the productivity focus and energy that you asked about, it's it's interesting that, you know, oftentimes when we're describing this to patients, we think of, okay, create a list of things that are energy zappers, things that when you're doing them or around them, it just totally zaps your energy. And oftentimes people say, like, before we even have this conversation, blue light or without them knowing blue light screens or my phone And these are things that can really take away from your energy and your productivity during the day, not just in the moment when you're in front of a screen all day, but also when you are not allowing your body to release the appropriate amounts of melatonin by setting yourself up for success for the evening. And what I mean by that, and we'll get into that, I'm sure later on in, in this talk, but is after the sun goes down, really creating an internal environment in your house of, okay, it's nighttime now, not just popping on all the lights and continuing the daylight and just taking it inside artificially. And this doing this will in inherently give you a better sleep, a deeper sleep so that you can wake up feeling rested and have more energy to tackle your day. And with that, you know, those days where you feel like you had a really good sleep, you are more productive, you have more focus, you know, you're able to get your work done in that set period of time where you sit down to do your work and it doesn't trail into the evening. It doesn't, you know, it's just like a snowball that kind of packs on itself once you start to affect your sleep. So if you reverse that and you take care of your light environment and you're able to sleep well, your days start looking
0: a lot brighter as well. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, we all, everyone's been talking about Zoom fatigue and that's essentially what you're talking about is we've termed it the Zoom fatigue Is in, it's a lot to yeah, talk to coworkers, but you're just in front of a screen all day. And now people mm-hmm. are in front of screens all day. And then you relax by maybe taking a break and going on your phone on Instagram or something, <laughs> right? So <laughs> you're, you're yeah. not giving yeah. your physiology that break, even though you yeah. may think you're giving yourself a break, you now still have this assault coming at your body in this form <laughs> of light. Yeah. So I guess that definitely makes sense. And to go back to the cortisol part again, right now, people are so stressed. Everyone is so incredibly stressed right now. And then to top that off on adding in more blue light to bring our cortisol levels up even more, it's adding fuel to this stress fire. So it's definitely <laughs> right. all, it's
2: all
1: this, making this stress garbage fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a couple of friends who are teachers. And when they had to transition into online learning, I know some of them were even doing before um, they fully transitioned into online, they were doing half in person, but also needing to manage an online class, which I yeah. don't even know how that's doable. <laughs> but I know that a common complaint I would get from them is just, oh, I just have zero energy to do anything when I'm done school or I'm just irritable all the time I feel so stressed out it's just the workload it's definitely just the workload I'm like how about some blue light blockers for you guys
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah And, and going off of that too about the cortisol like cortisol and melatonin are opposite hormones right so cortisol keeps us awake melatonin gets us asleep the cortisol is the yang melatonin is the yin, and they need to be able to balance each other and when we have all that you know during the day is our time where cortisol is appropriately released. And then, you know, in in the time that we're in right now, it's probably being released even more. And then you turn into the evening and cortisol continues to be released and melatonin doesn't actually get a chance to enter the picture. And melatonin is a very strong antioxidant. It does so much good for our health and we're not even giving it a chance for our body to release it. It does a really great job at producing it. it, produces it in the morning when with the sunrise and it releases it at night when it's exposed to appropriate darkness. So a lot of times the first darkness people are seeing are when they close their eyes to go to bed. And it still takes about three hours for that melatonin to be adequately released. So you're only getting that release of melatonin three hours into sleeping time, right? So ideally, you would turn off all the lights and have that dark environment as soon as the sun goes down. So that three hours later, that's when you start to get tired. And that's when you go
1: to bed. Three hours, that's such a long mm-hmm. time if you think about someone just like laying in bed for three hours like ah oh, i wonder when the sleep's going to come but that's <laughs> what yeah.
0: happens to people right yeah, and they're like, i have these sleep problems like they're mm-hmm. like i'm going to bed at 11 and i'm not falling asleep till 2 a.m
2: yeah. yeah and then you can't sleep so you pick up your phone and start <laughs> scrolling <laughs>
0: I'm it's definitely guilty of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I,
1: I can totally attest to the fact that I specifically knowing, you know, doing some research into blue light. Like I feel how terrible blue light makes me feel. Like for example, if I decide, oh, maybe I'm going to do a late night grocery run. I'm gonna to go to the grocery store around like seven because it, it'll be less busy around that time. I don't want to stand want in a line, line at Costco. Snacks. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, fine. I just wanted some late night snacks. <laughs> and I walk into the store, and sometimes it's just like Especially because at home, I keep the lights fairly dim in the evening, but as soon as I walk into the store, it's like, it's blinding light. And -hmm. then, you know, I go about my business and then everything, everything is fine. You know, I I don't feel any different. And then I get home and it's like, I'm so wired. Like, I feel like I could do so much, but I'm also like, oh, it's almost bedtime. I should like try and wind down, but I still feel all this energy. And then I probably go on my computer. And Mm -hmm, despite the fact that some computers have a special uh, nighttime filter, I just feel like, you know, it definitely does doesn't do anywhere near what I need it to do to block mm-hmm. the blue light. So yeah, it's it's something that I feel like not enough people are paying attention to in their lives, even me knowing the harmful effects of blue light. So yeah, it's, it's great to get that education on how many negative effects it can have on your body.
0: Mm-hmm. So would you be able then to maybe provide us and our listeners with some tips on how to then reduce this blue light?
2: Yeah, totally. So during the day, like we've kind of said, it's not as big of an issue because you do need some blue light, but at night is when you really want to be diligent about that because even small amounts of blue light can decrease your melatonin. So like I already mentioned before, like your body just can't tell the difference. Like it's expecting to have blue light during the sunrise and midday, but then if you turn on your TV or look at your phone, whatever, suddenly your body's saying, oh, it must be midday. So it just doesn't know. So we need to make sure we're giving it those proper signals. So at nighttime, I guess like the hardcore version, we do this sometimes is just use candles. So that's what we're adapted to use is fire after the sun goes down. So that would be like old school, like OG (laughs) way to do it. There's also red led bulbs you can buy that have no blue light in it. So that's increasingly popular option Or also just lamps, things like those salt lamps, the pink salt lamps. Those are a pretty good hue or just dim lamps in general. So it does matter the spectrum, like we want to avoid blue, but also the intensity makes a difference. So even if you have a bit of blue light, it's not going to be as big of an impact as having like all the lights on plus your TV. So just doing your best to keep your home environment as dim as possible. That makes a big difference.
3: Yeah, I'd say the biggest strategy is just continually tell your body what time it is with the sun. So, you know, in the morning, if you can get outside the sunrise and the sunset, emits this beautiful red color, because that's what tells us, you know, that the sun is coming and it's very important cue for our body. And we can get into that, but maybe, maybe another time, but if you step outside during the sunrise, it tells your body, okay, it's morning time. It's time to start to, you know, get all the, the daytime processes running, go inside and you do your work. And then you step out midday and tell your body, Hey, it's midday. And what spectrum, the sun is always emitting a different spectrum. So as it rises, it's more red. And then as it continues through the spectrum, and then as it sets, it turns back to red. So continually to step outside and tell your body, yep, okay, this is what time it is. It's 4 p.m. now. It's 5 p.m. now. It's sunset. Using the sun as that guide. And the other thing that you can do during the day is use some of those screen filters. They're nowhere near perfect. I mean, like the MacBooks have what's called night shift. Some other ones you can get is Flux F dot L U X. And then the other ones you can use is Iris. And that's a paid app, but that one also decreases the flicker uh, coming off of screens, which is very stimulating to the body as well. So those are really great, free. Most of them are most of those things are free things that you can do to reduce your exposure from your computer screen. And you can also do those things on your phone. And the other thing you can do is invest in blue light blocking glasses. So that's where we came up with our glasses because living by candlelight isn't necessarily possible for everybody. <laughs> so yeah. It's nice. When you, yeah. Oh yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> but we've become, as a society, we've become very accustomed to our evening movies, I think, and working on the screen all day. So that's where these glasses really come into play and they do such a great job at blocking the blue light. And our daytime bl- glasses that we're wearing here, these ones block 88% of the, the harmful blue light spectrum. And what I was saying before was the one coming off of the screen, that's the 455 nanometers, and it blocks actually 60% of that nanometer specifically, which is amazing. And that's why we're so proud to stand behind them because most of their blue blocking glasses don't even come close to blocking that wavelength. So
1: yeah. And I always tell this story to a lot of people. But one time I was in clinic at the same time as Andrew was. And I noticed that his screen was just completely red. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, hey, what's going on with your phone? Is that and I was thinking, I was like, is that a blue light filter? And he was like, oh, you just go to the settings and you can turn on the accessibility and turn on like this just bright red light. And I've had mine on, on and off ever since then. And I always have people coming and asking me, like, hey, uh, did you drop your phone? Cause it looks broken. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, it's just, you know, I wanna block my blue light and, you know, set myself up for success and you can do it too. And they're like, mm, I can't really see my screen. So I don't know why I would do that. (laughs) So I definitely think not feasible for a lot of people. And just like Mm -hmm. you said, Marissa, we love our evening movies. So it's definitely a benefit to have some good quality blue blocking glasses like natural blocks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I also had another question about, I know you guys are kind of pros in the field of blue blocking glasses. So I was wondering about the difference between natural blocks and a standard pair that you might get on Amazon, for example. So I have these, they were a gift, but they just came off Amazon and then, you know, okay design, nothing like natural blocks. (laughs) Um, And then they came with like this little card where you had this pen and then you like shine the light through, you test it on the area. And it like turns blue and then you test it through the glasses. And I was just wondering, I'm like, oh, that's a pretty cool gimmick. But you know, it's a card that came from the same company that I bought the yeah. glasses from. <laughs> and I'm like, is there a bias there? I don't know. So yeah, I was just wondering if you guys had any, you know, quick tips on what to look for specifically in blue blocking glasses that will differentiate high quality versus low quality.
2: In terms of the daytime glasses. So those are the ones we're wearing right now that you use primarily for screens. You want to make sure that they're blocking the right spectrum. So Marissa already talked about it a few times, the 455, 455 nanometers, that's what's actually coming off of the LED devices. So that's the one thing. And then the other part of it is making sure you're blocking the correct amount of that. So we're blocking about 88% of like the entire harmful blue light spectrum, and then 60% at that specific wavelength. But a lot of other companies, on average, some of the research we found was between three and 9% is what they're blocking. Wow. So that's obviously going to have a very minimal effect. And on top of that, they're not even blocking up to 455, which is what's coming off the devices. So you could block like say 400 to 410 nanometers and still call them blue light blocking glasses. And that's probably with most of those light gimmicks, they're shining a light that it is technically blue light, but it might only be in that range. So (laughs) it is blocking 400 to 410, but who cares? Because that's not what's coming off of our screens. That's not what's doing the damage. So it's just important. If you are shopping for them, make sure you look, what is it blocking? What is the specific wavelengths and what is the percentage that they're blocking?
3: Yeah. And another good thing to look at is the pigment coming. So you can notice that ours have a little bit of a tint to them. And oftentimes people to say, oh, I got my blue light blocking glasses, but they're completely clear. And if they are clear, they're likely doing that three to 9% blockage. But you can notice a difference when you wear it. Yeah. I feel a little bit better, but nothing crazy. When you put a pair of natural blocks on, you really feel the difference. People say that they, they could just feel their eyes like totally relax
0: when they wear them even after a day so it has to have that pigment in there my these are prescription glasses and they have blue blockers added in but and sometimes I can see like a little like reflection but like and you can see they're like orangey sometimes but they're nothing near like actual blue blockers they're not that like dark tint
1: Yeah. And I was just going to say similarly about these, this Amazon pair, it's like when you use them, it's like, oh, maybe I feel a benefit because, you know, I'm wearing these glasses. So like it's mostly placebo in my mind, which is why I think after I watched one of your guys' videos, I tried to do some digging into the spectrum, for example, and the percentage and zero information about this on any other blue light blockers that I was looking for. And some would just like have a picture of a spectrum. They'd be like, this is the spectrum. And that's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would just be, people would be like, "Oh, that's legit." They have a spectrum. Yeah, it's yeah, like, but they don't tell you anything about what they're blocking on the spectrum.
0: So, can you just say the spectrum again for listeners? So, what the number is?
2: Yeah. So, four hundred fifty-five nanometers. That's the primary spike. I wish we had like an infographic; it's a lot easier to see. But <laughs> that's the wavelength that is yeah. is peaking. Mm-hmm. But you are going to get blue light from like around, say, like four hundred to probably four sixty nanometers that would kind of be like the whole range that's not the whole range but most of the range that comes off of like an led light for example
0: do you know our blue blockers are they regulated if you say you are blue blocker do you have to fall into some sort of category no not regulated no
2: i think that's why people like they might block three percent of such a small range and yeah technically they're blue blockers but no one is regulating that so right
0: I didn't think so, but
2: yeah, usually when you see like a $20 pair on Amazon, that's usually a red flag that they're not going to be doing very much, but just make sure you ask the company to see a spectral analysis if you want, or just ask like, what are the specific wavelengths that you're blocking and what percentage of that are you blocking?
3: They should be proud to tell you that what they're blocking, because it should be effective. Right. And if they dance around the answer, then they're likely not even coming close.
2: Right. Or they don't know. I've had that yeah. a few times when I was looking for glasses like a few years ago and just asking. And they're just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well,
1: they block blue light, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's interesting. It's like it's like similar to if, when we have patients in clinic and they're like, oh, what's wrong with my five dollar multivitamin? Why can't I just keep taking that? Right. Like, why do I have to spend all this money <sighs> on these supplements that you're recommending? And it's yeah. like yeah, there's quality <laughs> and
0: you yeah. can't put a price on your health. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. got to prioritize it. And I know you guys mentioned that you're wearing the day blockers right now. And for listeners who can't see, they're slightly tinted, but not that dark, dark color. Do you guys have night blockers as well then?
2: Yes. So those we're going to be coming out with in the next couple of months. So at nighttime, it's important that you block the entire blue spectrum and some green. So you can see here, these are like much more orange. So the daytime blockers, they have a very minimal color distortion. So there's a bit of a tint, but for the most part, everything you're looking at is going to be the same. Just kind of like, you know, dulled down a little bit, but these ones are like totally orange. And what they're designed to do is block out the entire blue and part of the green spectrum as well, because the green can actually suppress your melatonin as well. So from 400 to 550 nanometers, anything in that range can suppress your melatonin. So you need to block out all of that. So with our daytime glasses, we're blocking like 80%. These are blocking 100%. 400 to 550. So at nighttime, this would be an ideal strategy if you're going to be looking at screens. The other options like we mentioned is just to you know not be using those lights and use candles or red LEDs or whatever. But if you are going to be exposed to any artificial light, then it's good to have a pair of these that are going to be blocking out 100% of that range.
0: And what time, so you're saying at night, so if someone was going to switch their glasses, what time would be a good time to do the switchover?
2: ideally right after the sun sets, that would be the best option. But as Marissa was explaining, it takes about three or four hours of darkness for your melatonin to be released. So you could kind of use that as a rule of thumb for these as well, But three or four hours before you go to bed, throw these on and that way, by the time you're going to sleep, you're already going to be producing and releasing some of that melatonin.
1: And for all our listeners, uh, maybe we can post a little before and after a daytime and nighttime version of Andrew to show you (laughs) the differences in the tint, because right now he kind of looks like it's giving me like Ant-Man vibes right now. Yeah, (laughs) It's like just a completely almost opaque red tint, which is super cool. But they look
0: really cool. (laughs)
2: Yeah. You get some interesting looks if I'm wearing these at like a grocery store or something at night. Uh,
0: You might need those for your late night grocery runs, Christine. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Grocery runs.
1: And looking at the quality of your guys' glasses and all these steps that you're taking towards blocking blue light, I'm just honestly jealous of thinking about the quality of sleep that you guys get. <laughs> um, if you guys could, could you please maybe summarize three action items that our listeners can take away from this episode and sort of take the next steps towards blocking blue light from their lives as well?
3: Yeah, great question. So I would say first things first is just tune in with nature. You know, physically getting outside and exposing yourself to the sun as often as as you can throughout the day, especially first thing in the morning. And especially as the sun is setting, reminding your body that more day is coming and reminding your body that night is coming. I think we have a huge disconnect from nature these days, especially all of us working from home. I know that some of my patients only leave the house, you know, to come see me for as their doctor appointment and little things like to get to the grocery store once a week. And it's just not enough. We need to leave the house way more often than even just once a day. So stepping outside as often as possible and tuning in with the sun would be my biggest advice.
2: And then The second piece of that. So getting all your natural light during the day and then opposite is avoiding artificial light at night. So that's the most important time to be avoiding it. So you can use your screen filters or just change your environment. So you have better lighting, whether it's candles or dim lamps or blue blocking glasses, so just making sure you're reducing your blue light exposure at night.
3: Yeah, I guess that's the third action item It would be like to try and reduce your exposure at night. And when that's not possible, look to good quality blue blocking glasses like natural blocks that can help you in that area. We do live by candlelight most of the nights, but then there are the nights that we want to watch a movie or we want to, I mean, pre-pandemic, get together with friends and they don't necessarily honor the candlelight wish like we do. So, <laughs> so that's where that's where the natural blocks really come in handy at nighttime and during the day in front of our screens, especially with increased screen time that we've been experiencing this past year. They're such a game changer. So I think that would be, I guess, number three. Yeah. I was going to say, if any of your listeners want a pair of natural blocks after listening to this, we're offering a 10% off discount code for your listeners. And that code is TWC10. And you can use that at checkout. Our website is naturoacademy.com.
1: Amazing, thank you so much for the discount code. I can't wait to go pick up a pair myself, and for listeners who want to maybe check out all your designs or things that you're teaching on natural Academy or just to watch you guys live by infrared light and by candlelight, I know I definitely enjoy those stories and always tell my partner hey we should we should have a candlelight night this is this looks very romantic. <laughs> So how can our listeners reach you or watch your videos or get educated?
2: Yeah, so we're pretty active on Instagram. We're also on Facebook as well, but just Natural Academy. And then on our website, NaturalAcademy.com, we've posted a bunch of different blog posts. And that's also where the store is to buy blue blocking glasses.
0: Amazing. You kept it simple for us. Yeah. <laughs> We'll also post it in the comments below for listeners. So thank you so much, Dr. Andrew and Dr. Marissa. I have learned a ton. I did not know the sun emitted different light spectrums throughout the day. So I'm very happy with how much I learned today. It was more than I expected. So thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank you for having us. This was a blast. Yeah, it was a great chat. It was a pleasure. And for our listeners until next time, feel well, learn well.